Salutations and welcome to the James and Tom Do Horror Podcast, a podcast where two horror-obsessed filmmakers choose a different subgenre each show and pick their favorite old movie, favorite contemporary movie, and favorite obscure movie from that subgenre. I'm Jimmy P of Mad Science Films, filmmaker and sexual astronaut, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-host... Uh, Tom Hughes, and I run Ritual Video, which is a music video production company. So cheers, Tom. So... This week, Tom has chosen the subgenre. So, Tom, what subgenre have you chosen and why did you pick it, mate? So, I thought to start for the first episode, we need to do something that we both love and we both know really well and we've both been watching for a long time. So, I thought anthologies would be the way to go because there's so many amazing ones over the years. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought it'd be a good place to start. Yeah, nice, mate, nice. We're coming up to the, the Halloween season, and, and for me, as a kid growing up, like, I, I, you know, I, I'm an 80s kid, you know, going into the 90s, Halloween time, back on, like, BBC Two and stuff like that. They used to show those old Amicus anthologies. I don't know if you, you ever saw any of those. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love those. Yeah, I, I don't think I saw the Amicus ones, but I remember, like... I remember seeing a lot of old black and white stuff at my grandparents' house because my granddad always used to watch um, films in the afternoon on the weekend and sometimes they would be horror. I think that's kind of what got me into horror. He had like old cowboy comics and he had old horror comics. They were kind of like the EC comics, I think, but maybe mm. a, like a UK version of that. Um, yeah, so he, he used to be kind of into genre without really knowing he was into genre, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I mean I think that's awesome and definitely like those horror comics I think those like EC comics you know kind of like yeah. inspired like the 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 genre we're talking about today so like you know the old uh, 50s horror comics like Tales of the Crypt and yeah. Vault of Horror and all of those you know yeah. which became you know the Amicus films like took those tales and sometimes yeah. the titles of the comics and and turned them into these anthology horror films uh, the other one, and this is the earliest one that I've seen and that I know of, uh, is way back in 1945 from Ealing Studios in the UK. Um, they did a film called Dead of Night. I don't know if you checked that one out, mm. but that's considered like, you know, the granddaddy of them all as well. So I think, yeah, those horror comics um, in the 50s and then, yeah, back in 1945, this black and white one kind of created like the horror anthology yeah. as we know it. And yeah, growing up, like what's weird is like as a kid I saw all of these and I didn't I don't even remember the titles because they were just on TV. So like yeah. I remember some of the stories and it was only when we were rewatching some of this as as research for the show that I was just like oh yeah I remember that and that's what that was in and, and all of that. So yeah no, no. And the stories were always really cool morality tales. Yeah, like I I remember there was there was one I think it was in one of those tales of terror or like. I think there was one called Tunes of Terror as well. And there, there was one with like a guy who'd like been jealous of his brother while he was alive and wanted all his riches and stuff and then stole all his riches after he was dead. And then his brother came back as a zombie and like kind of like drowned him in all the jewels and stuff that he stole. And they're always like these amazing like kind of morality plays about what you should and shouldn't do. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's awesome is, you know, like, Again, you, you, you've got this film, which I think then also helped inspire the comics. And then the comics mm. inspired the 60s and 70s movies. And then, you know, jumping forward then to the, the 80s, you've got like Stephen King and George Romero massively also inspired by those comics. And they, they come up with like the Creep Show movies yeah. and 
Tales from the Dark Side. And then those are so ex- successful that basically there are TV spin-offs and yeah. like a bunch of low budget filmmakers like ourselves decide let's let's try rip off the formula um yeah, to yeah. Su- of success and like when we talk about like i think we've both got some like honorable mentions i'm going to throw up some of these really i, I i'm not going to be negative but really interesting low budget uh yeah. movies which kind of steal the formula uh and maybe not as successful as say like something like creep show or whatever so yeah. okay so if we let, let, let's get rolling then, mate. So if we do old movies first, Tom, what, yeah. what's your old movie choice of the horror anthology genre? So my old movie is Black Sabbath by Mario Barber. Nice. Awesome choice, mate. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you told me this, and I was like, ah, shit, I've got to come up with another one. <laughs> oh, you're going to go for it. <laughs> uh, it it's, it's definitely up there, mate. But yeah, you, you tell us why, why you've chosen this and why people should check this one out. Uh, so Barber is Barber is one of the he's probably, he's probably one of my favorite directors. Actually, like I when I started making films, I was into a bunch of like contemporary directors or nineties, early two thousands kind of underground horror filmmakers. And then I I think I saw maybe I saw The Whip from the Body or Black Sunday first, and then I kind of went back and watched through a bunch of his stuff. And he's he's literally amazing. Like as far as somebody somebody who's shooting their own stuff and directing at the same time and lighting their own stuff and, and writing their own stuff. Like he is kind of the version of a low budget filmmaker, but in the sixties and seventies, and he was a DP for like 20 years, like a commercial DP before he started making his own films, he was shooting ads. Um, and then he was shooting other people's films and he was lighting, um, presumably, even though it was kind of a funky era with the 50s or 60s, he was probably still lighting stuff relatively safely and commercially. So then by the time you get to something like Black Sabbath or Blood and Black Lace, he's putting colored gels on every light he can find because he can finally do what he wants, you know, and lights moving and lights are dimming up and down. And so, so yeah, I, I knew when it was something all the way looking for, I was like, I have to do that because he's just his he's so influential like as far as his influence on giallos and like 70s italian horror and then you know so many modern films even the modern one that i picked for my my pick today is like the way stuff's lit the color schemes everything everything that is horror light in these days pretty much comes from that one guy i would say and he's, he's just mind-blowing and the stories are like classic kind of similar to the morality plays we were just talking about you know yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I had a similar kind of trip, you know, finding Bava. Through me, it yeah. was like via Argento. Like, I had a really shit VHS copy of Suspiria, which was like pan and scan. So, you know, completely oh, no. butchered. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah, you know, completely the worst. butchered the look of it. Yeah. But even watching it through like 4-3 ratio and, yeah, like, it was just yeah. pan and scan right in the centre. So you had these massive close-ups of eyes, but you, you wouldn't even, you'd basically just see the bridge of the oh. nose. Yeah. From that though, like you know, I was like, I could tell it was great, and then from there, I found out about Bava. Uh, yeah, the first one I saw was uh, Blood and Black Lace, and that absolutely blew me away. And I was just like, I didn't know films could look like that, and it also yeah. blew me away that this was back in the '60s. Let alone, you know, like yeah, they, they would they they could achieve it nowadays. Let alone way back then. Um, and then from that, yeah, stuff like um, 
Black Sabbath, Black Sunday, all of those films. What I love about Black Sabbath is just how much fun it is. And I think that's one of the, the great things I love about horror anthologies in general yeah. and that comes back from like the ec comics is yeah the morality tales but they're fucking entertaining at the same time you know the whole point yeah. is just to keep you like you know kind of gripped and yeah like black black sabbath you know has this great you know like different types of tales you know some are funnier than others some are completely all about mood and atmosphere so yeah definitely mate amazing choice and uh yeah i would definitely recommend if, if people haven't checked out black sabbath definitely check that one out yeah, like all all three of the shorts are amazing. Um, they they all they all they're all different, but they all have a different style, like you said. Um, they have a different kind of way of being lit, and and the first the first one is is probably my favorite actually. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of a supernatural paranormal story about a, a woman that dies, and then her nurse taking uh, a ring off her finger and taking it back to her house, and then she gets. She gets haunted by it, but there's there's so many iconic shots in it, like the woman's face, yeah. the way the woman's face is lit, the way it looks, and it's been used on so much stuff. Like I remember seeing, there's an album from the '90s by this band called Deceased, called Luck of the Corpse, and and the album cover is the woman's face in bed. Oh, like I remember seeing that woman's that woman's dead face for years before I even knew what the film was. And when I saw it, I was like, ah, that's what it is. But yeah, the the the, the first one's probably the highlight for me. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one's a really cool kind of, it's a much more like murder mystery jalo feeling film. Mm. It's lit a lot more modern. There's a lot of whip pans in it. There's a lot of zooms. There's a lot of um, cool like camera work. Um, and it's a much more like, it's it's weird because they're prototypical stories that ended up being used over and over again. Like the, the don't say stuff doesn't belong to you. And in the second one, like a woman being terrorized by, a phone call i mean then you've got like black christmas in 79 and then scream and stuff later on it's these ideas like maybe he didn't come up with them but they were like original for the time and then the third film is like this amazing kind of word story with boris karloff like hammered it up yeah. <laughs> amazingly with big hair and like loads of dark makeup under his eyes and he's uplit the whole time like Frankenstein and he comes back as this kind of reanimated corpse. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And and they, they're like, it's the perfect Sunday afternoon, it's raining outside movie, you know? That's what, it's like a comfort film for me. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's one of the other things I, I, I love about anthologies is it can jump around period or subgenre yeah. within it as well. So yeah, like that last one is very like, folk horror before there was even really folk horror wasn't it uh, yeah yeah it's cool how the tone the main thing i love about good anthologies is how the tone carries between every film like there is an overall feel yeah and that feel is carried in all the films which means you know the directors are on the same page obviously this one's all the same director but it does it does help like the kind of the bad rap that anthologies get for like the patchiness and the disparity and like quality between sections or whatever Obviously, you don't get that with this because it's all the same guy, but it also has the same feel. Like all of it, it seems to be set in the same world, even though the telephone story is kind of more modern than the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And, and I think, you know, doing, doing this, I noticed the stronger anthologies were, if it wasn't the same director, as you say, like there's a theme going through it, you know, so it's not yeah, just a bunch of shorts brought together. Okay, yeah. that brings me very nicely on, on, onto my old old selection then, mate. So from 1975, we've got Trilogy of Terror, which is actually a TV movie uh, directed by Dan Curtis, who directed the old Kolchak Night Stalker TV movies. Now, have you mm -hmm. seen Trilogy of Terror, dude? 
No, I try. I tried to watch it yesterday when you said that. I couldn't find it anywhere. I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot watch this movie." I cured oh. of it though. But I've never seen it. Yeah, it's worth. I mean, you can get like shitty old DVD copies for a couple of quid off Amazon. So I do recommend, um, yeah. you know, trying to track it down that way. Uh, yeah, what's what's brilliant about it is all again all the stories directed by the same guy. They're all based on uh, stories by uh, Richard Matheson. So you know, horror legend mm. wrote like I Am Legends. Um, and he also did the original story that inspired Jewel, directed by Steven Spielberg, which is still my favourite Steven Spielberg movie. So uh, the other part of it, which is absolutely amazing, is that all three stories in the anthology star Karen Black. So Karen Black, oh, probably cool. yeah, best known to audiences nowadays for like working with like Rob Zombie and you know yeah. all of that. But in this, it's an amazing showcase of like her talents and like her range as well. So like each three, she plays very different characters. You know, some she's very much like the femme fatale in control. Others, she's very much like the, the final girl, you know, running away from the monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the first and the third stories are probably the strongest. The first one, very much just to show off Karen Black and, and her acting chops, if you like. Um, I don't want to give go into spoilers too much, uh, but very much she's, her character starts as one kind of character, and by the end she's completely one aid. Um, cool. And it's it's very much just done in performance. Um, and it's when one, was it made? This was back in seventy five. So yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It's a TV movie as well, which again, so it's only like seventy two minutes. So, you know, that tended to be the run time for like TV movies back yeah. then. Obviously, American TV was just pounded with TV ads. Um, and then yeah, yeah the third one is like pretty much like this uh african killer doll chasing around an apartment um and it's not really about a performance at all apart from she sells the fact that she is genuinely terrified of this little yeah like chucky figure before that's the one i must have seen clips of like when i think of that film i think of this crazy little doll yeah it's it's the one that kind of stuck with people um and again that one is really fair play to Dan Curtis for like sustaining this atmosphere and this tension or whatever. So yeah, I definitely recommend uh, people try track down Trilogy of Terror, however you can get it. I'm fairly sure yeah. you can get like, yeah, shitty, uh, not, you know, it's not the best looking film, uh, but just in terms of performances and stories and it being a lot of fun, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's only like 72 minutes. So, you know, you're in and out. Um, and yeah, definitely worth checking out. Okay, Tom, so let's go with what is your newer uh, anthology film you want to recommend to peeps? This, so this film isn't just... So it was, a, it was a hard decision, right? Because there are other new anthology films that I absolutely adore that are really, really amazing films. But as far as, like, influence on me and how much it blew my mind when I saw it, it's VHS 2. Because... VHS one was good. There were some good sections in it. The first section with kind of the vampire woman. There's a cool shot at the end where he gets lifted into the sky. Um, I watched the I watched the BTS on that the other day, and they just like put a camera, put a small digital camera in styrofoam, and attached it to like five helium balloons, and just let it go in the car park of their production company, nice. and then just used the footage from flying off. Yeah. Um, yeah, but two was where it really is probably the highlight of the series so far, even with the new one being really good. Um, and and the directors are just amazing, man. So you've got Jason Eisner, who did Hobo with a Shotgun. He did an amazing short that was like a minute long with like a diver in investigating a, a ship. I can't remember what it was called, but it was amazing. Um, and now he's doing Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. Yeah, yeah, I've been checking it out. 
But this uh, the the short the short he did for it is absolutely amazing. Then you got Gareth Evans, who's from Wales. I think he's maybe from Pontypridd. I'm not yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. With uh, Timo, I don't know how to say Timo's second name. He might be like Tanat Tanato. Pass. I don't know, but a big fan of his yeah. other stuff. Uh, like he's got a few of his other films out on Netflix. Shudder and Shudder. Oh, did okay. he do May the Devil Take You and May the Devil yeah. Take You too? Yeah. They're, ama- they're amazing. He, there was another one, that The Queen of Black Magic. He might have done, or maybe he produced a oh. similar film. Not sure about Real that. Real good, though. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this section, Safe Haven, is probably one of the best short films I've ever seen. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know... If I've seen a, a better roller coaster ride than that half hour segment in the middle of VHS two, it's absolutely mind blowing. And the the way like kind of the, they do it at the end of the new Blair Witch that Adam Wingard did is it's like the this it feels like a first person computer game when you're running through the building at the end yeah. and lightning cues are going off and things are jumping out at you. They do an amazing ride section at the end of that short. From from where she investigates the curtain, there's a there's a there's a curtain with something behind it, and you can't see through it. And from where she pulls back that curtain, the last 10, 50 minutes of this amazing, like it's two or three storylines cutting together. Um, and the gags they're doing is a gag where someone just literally explodes at camera. Yeah. I still can't work out how they're doing most of the stuff in it. Like I know the very end is, is CG, but there's so much stuff in there that it's just mind-blowingly good. There's like entire rooms of people blowing their heads off with shotguns on cue, you know. Yeah. And that, like, <laughs> I'm I watched it again the other week, and I was just like, how how as a filmmaker do you even choreograph that amount of stuff? And how do you build in that many cut points to get all that stuff done? Because the beautiful thing about the VHS series and and shooting found footage in in you know, in anthology or, or in any kind of format is if you're shooting on VHS or mini DB or whatever, then you can do these sharp cuts by using static rolling. So you give yourself an out. So you can, if you whip pan, you can whip between two shots by cutting in the middle of the web, like Sean would Yep. But if not, then you can literally just put static in and get to the next shot. But if you watch Safe Haven, there aren't that many, it doesn't seem like there's that many cut points. The only time it really cuts is it cuts between story Right, and the other thing they're doing is if somebody comes at camera, um, they do this really well in the in the segment that precedes it by Eduardo Sanchez who did the Blair Witch Project. There's a his segment is a a guy with a bicycle helmet on, um, and it's a, it's an amazing zombie thing. So like 15 minutes. This section's in that where someone will grab at him and bite at him, and the camera will touch the guy's head, yeah. touch his hair to make the yeah. camera go back black. And then he pulls back and he's got like a, uh, an effects thing on his cheek or whatever, where he's yeah. been this really, really clever, like camera cuts hidden into every section. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think definitely in terms of Gareth's uh, section, I think maybe that comes from his experience as like an action director as well. Yeah. You know, like there's yeah. a certain amount of stunts and choreography that, you, you know, as just part of the yeah. genre, you've got to be a master of. So I think he's able to use a lot of that. Um, I was actually at uh, the Welsh premiere of The Raid and he was basically mm. talking about, you know, everybody says The Raid's an action film, but for him, it's just like a survival horror in a tower block, you know, and yeah. there's bits where, you know, once the guns are out of the way and they're just fighting with machetes, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's a survival horror where people happen to know martial arts. So yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that parallel love he's got of action films and, and horror stuff, which 
perfectly meshed in in VHS too, dude. So yeah, definitely good call, good call. Yeah, definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. And the one after it viral wasn't so amazing, but the new one, 94, is absolutely great. Like I watched it last week and it's as nearly as good as VHS 2. And VHS 2 isn't just like one of my favourite anthologies, it's one of my favourite films. Like I watch yeah. it all the time because as far as like filmmaking inspiration goes, making stuff on a low budget, making stuff just full of clever ideas. Yeah. You know, like they kind of live or die on their on their ideas, a lot of the anthology stuff. And the more clever you are, the better the film is. And now it doesn't really depend on your budget quite as much as other films do, you know? Like people yeah. are a lot more forgiving, especially in found footage anthologies. Yeah. And look how good, there was only one section that I did mention, which was the first section, which Adam Wingard did and acted in as well. And so I think somebody else wrote it, but he directed it. And, and the premise is just a guy gets a, a camera put, I uh, guess a fake eye put in, but yeah. there's a camera in the eye. But because it's experimental, it has some glitches and those glitches are pretty scary. But just how good that idea was, the entire section works really well just based on how good that idea that, that idea is. Yeah. But it's the only it's the only section that uses like non-diegetic sound. So there are kind of like stingers put in when jumps happen, which I'm not like the biggest. I do prefer it when yeah. found footage stuff only uses sound that you would hear in the thing, or yeah. they use Someone You're talking at me. Yeah. Yeah, I am a bit. Like yeah. I'm I'm making a found footage anthology and I'm shooting my first section next week. And all of that, all of the sound on that is pretty much gonna happen in camera, all the door slams. And if there is like there are a few false scares and they do come from you kind of turning and somebody talking too close to the camera when you're not expecting them to be there, kind of thing, mm. opposed to like, you know, a, a big like boom, like stinger yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Ah, brilliant. No, absolutely agree. Yeah, VHS too. Good call, mate. Good call. So my one, I actually kind of struggled. So as much as I love anthologies, I'm, I'm pretty much the opposite, mate. I love the old school ones, you know, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of struggling with the modern ones. Again, VH2 might have been a pick of mine, but, you know, damn it, you got you got there first. Um, I've got an honourable mention, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about later. Uh, but one I kind of came to, which, again, I really love how they wove all the different tales together, um, was Southbound. Yeah. So have you seen Southbound? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really dug it because, again, they managed to do a number of different kind of subgenres within the horror anthology format. Um, mm. And I just loved the way that they linked some of them together. So there'd be characters, you know, who'd be like the main characters in one of the shorts would end up them being... Oh, and again, man. not to do spoilers, almost a prop in the next I section. Know, I know what one you're talking about, yeah. and it's brutal. That, that yeah. section is... Brutal. absolutely absolutely and i i just absolutely loved it so i think what we were talking a bit about like the the downside of some anthologies is that you know there can be a weak link um and although yeah. this one was a bunch of filmmakers i think obviously they spent so much time on pre-production these weren't random shorts you know the idea was fully mapped out and you know southbound yeah. was you know always planned to be a feature-length yeah, yeah. anthology film yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely smashed it. Um, and again, just like the locale, the the supporting character yeah. thing made it such a good watch for me. Um, they all have the same. They all have the same. I mean, the title and and all the shorts. They have the same undercurrent of theme that no one ever, no one ever reveals, which I love. Like I, I think you once you know what it is, you know what it is. Mm. And the more you watch it, the more you're like, okay, this is what's happening. But I love the fact that the, thematically the same thing is happening in every short, 
but it, you know, well, you you don't necessarily know until you notice, and once you do, you're like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, <laughs> but totally, totally, you managed to get you know. So there are some funnier yeah. ones. There's some really unsettling ones. Yeah. And there's some gross out ones as well. Um, and yeah. yeah, absolutely loved it, mate. Absolutely loved it. And I think again, it just plays to the strengths of the format. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's one I've only seen twice, but yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a regular rewatch going forward as well, mate. So it's, I think I saw it for the first time when it came out, and then the last time I saw it was on TV. I was I was working on a film in Swansea, and I was in like a crew house with a bunch of people. Yep. who didn't really wow. like horror. I think it was maybe me, maybe me and like Derek Nelson there who were the only people who liked horror. And yep. I was like, oh, they were like, let me someone to watch. And I was like, oh, South Bend's on, we should watch that. And we turned it on just as the hospital segment starts, yep. which is like the harshest segment of the whole film. And like this room full of people at like 11 p.m. after working all day just slowly dropped off and went to bed one by one as they couldn't <laughs> deal with it. It was awesome. <laughs> and I love the biker, the biker bar uh segment yeah. towards the end as well as yeah. feels like it's going to be like near dark or something but then it goes into a whole that's it like it goes yeah. a different way from where you're expecting which is which is really cool i mean and i think that's that's great and and again plays to another of the strengths of anthologies that we haven't mentioned is it can go anywhere you know like yeah. when, when you're watching a traditional narrative feature film there are so many like standard plots that you can and especially as filmmakers who you know done our own writing you can kind of tick off the boxes and you're like, okay, here's end of act one, here's end of act two. With Southbound, yeah. you haven't got a clue. So although there is this narrative through line, it can go any direction. And, and like I was saying about, you know, one of the main characters of one of the shorts ends up a very, very grisly fate in, in another short. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, okay. Which you just couldn't get away with doing in a traditional feature film. So yeah. There's no link between like the start first short and the end short as well so yes. in some way yeah i can't yeah. remember like I, I it was too long ago that i saw it but i remember being like ah okay yeah there's the the, the two people uh the get you know the, the so the film opens with two people like you know like on the run getaway uh, yeah, yeah yeah and then yeah it links back to you find the, out why is that what it yeah. is oh, and it, it's cool. it's one of those films and i haven't done it and and you know what with uh i don't have a huge amount of free time but if i ever do get enough free time i might actually try watch it on the loop and see what happens sometimes those yeah, cool. up when they do kind of link up so yeah southbound yeah. definitely guys worth checking out so yeah. we're gonna go a bit obscure now tom so what obscure movie um horror anthology do you want to kind of put on people's radar so i was gonna go <clears throat> purposely obscure and go <laughs> like shot on video video from the 80s that like camp motion pictures released on big box VHS. But I was like, oh, well, no one would see it. No one would know what you're talking about. And I don't even own the VHS anymore to rewatch it again, to think about it. Right. So I went, Holidays, that was on, uh, it was on Netflix a few years ago. You can still get it on DVD now. I think it was like 2015. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a really good, it's, it's a really good, Anthology obviously based around the different holidays that are in year, the years like Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Father's Day, etc. The reason I went for it because it, there was it was a hard decision again because there are so many really really good kind of modern horror anthologies that I absolutely love, but I went for it because it was another one that that overall works really really well, which I think is really hard to find. There are so many anthologies I love with two amazing shorts. And yeah. the rest are like cool, but not cool. Or if it's the ABCs of death, 
24 bad shots and then three. <laughs> so like the ratio tends to be kind of, yeah. whereas this one, there are some shorts that are better than others, but the, the, the overall like quality of what's being made, how inventive the directors are and who the directors are as well, I think was why I went for it. So just in the one thing, um, Nicholas McCarthy did a section who did like the pact, I think he's done another uh, horror since then as well. I can't, I can't think what it was. Um, Kevin Smith did one. Adam Egypt Mortimer did one. He did some kind of hate and. Oh yeah. Daniel, um, Daniel isn't real. Was he? That's the one. one. Yeah, yeah. I really dug that. Oh, crazy film. Yeah, that. it's cool. So it's kind of the new, um, the new uh, up and coming horror directors who are in like the US at the time. Most of them are in the US anyway. Um, but there's some amazing sections in it, like the open of Valentine's Day is really good. Yeah. It has some nice light, it has some nice lighting changes as well, where they're doing things like it's about a girl being obsessed with her swimming coach, and when she's dreaming, um, they're doing like they're dollying in it, and the lights changing as she's kind of looking, you know, longingly and all this kind of thing. There's some really nice lighting changes and stuff in it. Um, St. Patrick's Day is absolutely berserk. It's about it's about the origins of St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. And it's such a crazy short. Like, it's quite rare to see something that off the wall with, like, body horror and stuff. At number two in an anthology, I feel people, like, usually warm up to the weirdness with this one. But I think that's why I liked it, because it starts off so weird straight away. Mm. Um, and then the, the Nicholas McCarthy section, Easter. I think I saw the pact, and it was, like, a good, pretty solid ghost film. So when I saw he was doing a segment, I was not expecting him to do what he did with the Easter section. And then honestly, the creature, the creature in the Easter, it is so disgusting. Like it's so amazingly made. Yeah. But I, I can't really say that much about that section because I don't want to give it away. But like, yeah, the, the entire Easter section is so scary and odd. Um, there's a point where like, I think she's looking to see what's in her house and he kind of tiptoes across a corridor you know, just like between two points in a class. And it's so strange. There's, there's birds flying out of people's hands. It's really weird and really amazing. Um, and But my favourite, though, is Father's Day, uh, which is which is a woman who gets a tape from her dead dad and listens to the tape. And, and the tape kind of takes her on this, on this journey to go and find him. She wants to reconnect with him. And the tape is like, if you come here, then, then you can be with me. I'm sorry I've been away for so long. Um, and it's Jocelyn Donahue, which who I absolutely love because of House of the Devil. House of the Devil by Ty West is, is one of my favourite films. I, oh. I know uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it's really slow burn or whatever, but like, I think the tone the tone of it is amazing. The way it builds is amazing. The actors and the, and the casting is absolutely spot on. And like Jocelyn Donahue in that is just so great. I think I, think I hadn't seen her anything before and I saw her now and I was like, oh, she's amazing. I need to see everything everything she's in and everything I've seen her be in so far she's always really really good and this short is amazing because it's just it's essentially just her and a tape recorder for 10 minutes but it's a really yeah it's a really cool short it definitely stood out as like being one of the best ones yeah nice nice yeah I mean Holidays just kind of got dumped over here in the UK wasn't it it was pretty much just yeah. on Netflix with no fanfare I, I remember yeah. seeing it just because obviously the algorithms knew that I was into my horror films so yeah. I'm gonna put it, yeah. put it up there but then, yeah, it definitely doesn't get enough love now. So, yeah, that's a good one. And to be honest, not one that, you know, kind of, like, occurred to me when when you, uh, yeah, mentioned anthology. So, yeah, good call. Yeah, it deserves more credit, I think. 
And, the, and there's there's a section with the guy from Idle Hands as well. What's his name? You know the guy from Idle Hands, dude. What's his name? Uh, he used to be in Buffy. Yes. Yeah, he was like Willow's boyfriend. That's it. Seth Green. Oh yeah, yeah. So Seth Green's like there's some big there's some big names in it. Like there's some really good there's some really good people in there. So I'm surprised that it didn't get more love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah d- definitely worth a watch because every section every segment has got something to to offer. I reckon. Nice. Good call. Good call. So what about you? What's your uh, Right. Well, I, want, I, I, I am going proper obscure, so I think you'd probably need to try track it down uh, less than legally on YouTube, maybe. So I don't normally recommend this, but it's pretty much the only way to get hold of it nowadays. There's a film called Tales of the Third Dimension. Now, this going back to what you were saying about, you know, like some films where, you know, there's only one or two good segments. That's that's this. There is <laughs> there's three segments. Um, there's uh, there's a host so the host is played by like uh, a skeleton like an animatronic type skeleton doing a really bad rod serling of the twilight zone impersonation then they they have like comedy rapport with like these puppets which are vultures who act like laurel and hardy and then there's another bunch which act like three stooges so it's really dumb um it's supposed to be shot in 3d the the opening segment at least is oh, cool. uh, so that, that bit's fun and, and i love horror hosts you know that again yeah. to me, that, that kind of plays up to to what i kind of dig um there's three shorts then the first one's okay and again it's very much like the comedy tale um you know so it's got like you know um werewolves and vampires in uh but it's it's pretty much just like a gag so it's got that. The second one is your morality tale. You know, it's about like, you know, grave diggers and all of that. Um, and, you know, like um, body snatchers and all that stuff. So again, yeah. but it's, you know, if you've read a horror comic or if you've seen a horror anthology, you know what's happening. So, but it's the last one. The last one is absolutely just mental. So it's um, some parents drop off their two kids while they go off on, you know, like a sunny holiday with... Um, their their granny uh the granny messes up her meds and just goes absolutely mental and it just gets worse so it, she starts by like just cooking them inedible foods yeah. um, and then it goes to she's basically in this like motorized wheelchair with a shotgun at the end yes. and I, won't, I won't go too much <laughs> but it's definitely worth checking out just for that short the, it, it, it's like the majority okay. of the film is this last short so it's like a 30 minute thing um oh, cool Worth, worth tracking down just for that. The kid actors are amazing and awful at the same time. So right. they are, it's very stilted, but the lines they're given are just so hilarious. Yeah, you know, so right. like the, the little girl. Are they levels of bad? Like, what was the kid? <laughs> what was the kid called Bob in House by the Cemetery? You know oh, that little no, Bob? No, no, no. No, 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 that bad. I mean, I think they are. He's amazing. They, yeah. <laughs> nowhere near that bad um you know the probably or the kid with the adult face and burial ground oh god yeah. that no. kid who's like you know. he looks like a grown-up but he's like 12 he's terrifying i mean was he or was he just a a little person i i, 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 I oh i actually i don't know maybe yeah maybe they did me on that I, i've got I a feeling they might have done it that way around you know rather than hire a, child actor. a grown woman's boob so perhaps they didn't they wouldn't want a child actor to like I mean, to be honest, it was Italy in the 70s, mate, so they probably... That's true. They yeah, it was Italy in the 70s, so... Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely try track down the Tales of the Third Dimension just for that last short. It is yeah. hilarious. And just as you think it can't get weirder, I'm not going to give spoilers, but the ending is properly just 
out there. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Christmas Evil? Um, it's like a killer Santa movie from the 80s. Oh, oh, yeah, I think I did. I, I did them all a couple of years ago when yeah. I was on there. So the ending of that, the ending of that is when basically the the, uh, the sleigh and the reindeers actually take off at the end and flies off uh, into the sky at the end. Mm. Not exactly the same kind of ending in this horror short, but uh, similar levels of, of what the fuck. So cool. <laughs> definitely uh, YouTube is your friend. Try track down Tales of the Third Dimension. Yeah. Stick with yeah, the first yeah. two. They're okay. They're not out there but they're they're solid uh but yeah that last one definitely deserves a watch okay yeah. all right so that was my obscure choice uh so tom did you want to rattle off some honorable mentions and and why you know if if people are digging the horror anthologies what else they might want to check out so this is where i've got so many films i need to recommend that i can't fit them all into a one podcast so okay but uh, the one, the one that I nearly picked for my new thing was a Feel a Guide to Evil because I heard of it because uh, um, Peter Strickland, who did In Fabric, yeah, Bavarian uh, Sound Studio, yeah, 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 Bavarian Sound Studio. He'd done a short in in Field Guide that was really trippy and really weird and really crazy, yeah. um, and obviously like really beautiful shot, beautifully lit, and a lot of prism lenses and kind of things swirling around the screen. Um, so I watched it based on that, but the, the, there's a short film, the first short in A Field Guide to Evil, which you can watch on Shudder. If you've got Shudder in the UK, you can watch it. It's directed by uh, Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, who did uh, The Lodge. Oh, okay. They also did Good Night, Mommy. Yes, yeah. Super weird, really cool film with these with these twins. Uh, really like really, and I really like the way they like slowly pace everything. They make actual creepy stuff, which is you don't see so much these days. Like genuinely creepy films that get under your skin in a really like slow, kind of Kubrick kind of way. Um, and their short is called The Sinful Women of Hall Four, and it's in. I'm not sure where it's set. I, I think perhaps. I was like Finland or Norway or it's somewhere Nordic and it's yeah. this period love story between these two women in a religious community that thinks being gay is a sin mm. and if you're gay then um, this thing called the trud is going to come after you. Uh, I don't yeah I don't need to say much more than that it's great like you should definitely watch it but the, the way it's filmed is amazing there's this it's all natural light the costumes are amazing the locations are amazing there's shots, they pretty much divide themselves between shots in, in the woods and at the river and in this one room in this girl's bedroom in this house. Um, and pre pretty much anything where there's just like natural light and a bit of smoke coming through a window in an old wooden cabin is is a thousand percent what I'm into. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it and uh, I'm not as massive a fan as you are, mate. So I love folk <laughs> horror, I love folk horror and I yeah. love horror anthologies. But I need, I think I need, with horror anthologies, I need a bit more fun, a bit more tongue-in-cheek, a bit more entertaining. And oh, yeah. I think what, what, the reason I didn't dig it so much is, like, with a folk horror feature film, you're following these characters and you're willing to go through the misery. Mm. And there's always, let's face it, in a folk horror, there's always misery, right? They're always <laughs> yeah. tortured and put through it, and then hopefully yeah. there's a good ending, or, or sometimes it's just fucking bleak. Um, yeah. But this is just like a series of bleak, bleak, bleak 
melon, melon heads, which I won't mention. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, the Peter Strickland film. So, yeah. like, I, I, I was kind of like, okay, I can't get invested in any of these characters because we don't spend enough time with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I dug, I dug the first shot, as, as, as you say. Yeah, that was great. I dug the Peter Strickland. There was some yeah. I really did not dig, um, and there yeah. were some which were like solid. So, what did you think of the the Canaveral demon demon child one, a woman giving birth? I, I, I quite like the uh, the second the second one. Yeah, I, I quite like that in terms of, you know, it felt like a very lived-in world. Um, and there was, it was, yes, it was lots of stuff they weren't telling us. Um, yes. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, for, for me, I was still on board at that point. Um, mm. And then it, it was, there were just too many where it was kind of the same notes were being hit uh, yeah, as, as yeah. other shorts. And I think sometimes that's the downside. If, you, if you're doing like an anthology thematically but then yeah. also tonally it's the same that kind the of variety yeah it, yeah, yeah it, it got me down a bit um so yeah. it, it, it's solid um you know i've definitely seen worse films uh but yeah. it was one that you know i'll probably revisit the whole thing i might kind of just dip in and watch the odd short the that's one. that's what i do that's why holidays beat it out oh, okay, I, was like, yeah. I love i love a couple of shorts in there i like i like bask in the film that can did so I was expecting his short to be like, that is really good, but I did expect it to be like, because I love Baskin so much. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, there's only really two shorts in there that yeah. I love. Yeah. yeah. What about you though? What, what are the- Honorable mentions. What include? So um, we talked about it at the beginning, but definitely check out some of those old Amicus, uh, you know, horror films, uh, the the film anthologies. Like, it's mad to think like, like late 60s to early 80s, like very early 80s, this producer, Milton Subotsky, right, who's the mm. Amicus guy, was able just to put out like uh, like eight horror anthologies in pretty much just a decade and a couple of years either side. So you've got Dr. Terror's mm. House of Horrors, Torture Garden, House That Drip Bloods, Tales of the, from the Crypt Asylum, Vol Horror, right up until The Monster Club. And The Monster Club is the one I'm going to say is kind of an honourable mention because... Yeah. It was the last one they did. It was like early 80s, like, um, and it's set like uh, Vincent Price is this really old vampire who bites John Carradine on the neck, takes him to the Monster Club, whereas this bunch of like monsters and like really bad new romantic, new wave punk artists play. So you've got, you've got Vincent Price hamming it up. You've got musical numbers from like sub Flock of Seagull type outfits. Um, then you've got the horror shorts and, and what they focus on with the horror shorts is because they they realise they've done them all to death it's like these crossbreeds so they're talking about you know oh if a werewolf and a vampire have a baby it's this and da 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 and they're just so it's really and I don't know if it's genuine mythology or if it's just completely made up for the film it's a bit of a parody it's very tongue in cheek um, and one of the shorts I was saying at the beginning where I remember one of the shorts but I couldn't remember what film it is turns up in yeah. there and it's actually weirdly introduced by Milton Sabotsky playing himself so the producer comes on stage at the monster club and introduces this short and kind of says this is like a chapter from my life and I'm like it can't possibly be that but it got so yeah. weird, uh, in 1981 that yeah. yeah the downside is like towards the end there are just so many close-ups of really bad Halloween masks pulled over where they're supposed to be actual monsters and you're like oh yeah pick that guy at the back um, so yeah. like, they clearly by 81 they were really slumming it and they must have known yeah. this was going to be like the last one but it's yeah. it's great fun and definitely worth checking out the other one yeah. I want to give a shout out to is 
I was really umming and ahhing about my modern choice. Um, and mm. one that I actually saw at Abattoir Horror Film Festival, shit, probably about 10 years ago, was Tales yeah. of Halloween. Have you seen that one? Well, I watched that this week. Oh, okay. What did you think, man? What did you think? I, I love it, man. I, I do. So there's there's a few there's a few Halloween things that I watch every year, and that's and that's one of them. Because mm. there's the um the short that uh, Neil Marshall did with the pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. Austin Tales of Halloween, right? With the yeah, Adam Green. Yeah, that's the last one. Last one, yeah. That's amazing, man. Like that that is absolutely like that's so good. I can't remember what the other shorts are. There's, Which ones ones that stood out for you? The, there's there's a few. And I, I I mean when I first saw it, um, you know, uh, at a horror film festival when it's the last movie playing, you've had a few to drink or whatever, it's just a great entertaining roller coaster super ride. Fun, yeah. So again, similar to that trick or treat vibe in that, you know, yeah, like yeah. it all takes place on the same block and all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the pumpkin thing is the thing that rounds up the film, and that's great to have like, <laughs> once, a ridiculous monster movie at the end of the film. Uh, but earlier on, there's one where it's like trick or treat at the door, and it's like these drunk twenty or thirty year olds just hanging out or whatever, and they they're not you know like they're making fun of all these little kids who knock at the door and giving them sweets, and then it goes really dark, really really dark. And I, again, I don't want to kind of give away spoilers, um, but you find out stuff about it's like a back room. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah. and and you and you're like, you know, like you follow these characters, and I love it when you know, like a filmmaker can subvert an audience's expectations. So you think mm. they're victims, then it finds out there's something else, and then yeah. you know it turns into something else again. And and that yeah. one kind of stuck with me. And I think it was at that point I might have sobered up while I was watching the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is dark. There um, was another one in that that does a similar thing with where it keeps subverting you were like it was, yeah. wasn't it like a slasher film first and then there's like a claymation puppet that's on yes. it or like I, yes. I remember that one being batshit crazy yeah. totally awesome. absolutely yeah that's another stand up one absolutely mate yeah uh yeah go trick or treat though is trick or treat an anthology because i nearly picked that as my modern one i was like i don't know if it's an anthology it kind of is I, I would say it is. The reason I didn't pick it was I couldn't like track down a copy and I haven't, I thought I had it on DVD and it turns out it yeah. was my mate's copy uh, and I couldn't steal it. I sent it to you because I bought it twice because I, I watch it every, every Halloween without, without yeah. fail, the original Halloween and Trick or Treat. Yeah, I would say it's an anthology because of all the different storylines. Now I know it's like weaved through really yeah. well. Um, and yeah, that's it's too good not to include, you know. It's amazing, like yeah. As far as Halloween horror anthology goes, if you haven't seen Trick or it's Trick R Treat. Yeah, uh, Trick or Treat is like an eighties horror film about a dude in a band, isn't it? The kind yeah, of yeah, the eighties, you know, awesome, the satanic awesome. panic. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, 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 Osborne and Gene Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trick R Treat by Michael Doherty is is like is one of the best like Halloween horrors ever. I think it's yeah. so. Like the the feel of it, it feels like Halloween, and the shorts are absolutely amazing in it. And the music as well has got that really magical hocus pocus. You know what I mean? It's got that yeah. type of old magical like yeah. carnival Halloween music. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I was also going to do um, is scary stories to tell in the dark an anthology, even though it's all one narrative story. I've got to admit, I haven't yet seen it. It's on my watch list. And I'm hoping to to jam it in. But yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it is the 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 scarecrow the scarecrow segment. The start is amazing. It's everything. It's everything you want from that kind of kitschy eighties Halloween thing, like jocks in starter jackets and yeah. flowing fields of corn and creepy scarecrows and the nerdy kids riding their bicycles. You know, it's like cool. 
yeah yeah it's all like the classic stuff there, there's i think there's maybe three three segments to that but the first one's definitely the strongest it's amazing cool. Yeah, and I think they've already uh, decided to go ahead with a second as well, haven't they? So, you know. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Did you see um, the Mortuary collection on Shudder? No, I've, I've let my uh, Shudder uh, subscription yeah, expire. I, I, I tend to bunch it up because I tend to absolutely yeah. rinse Shudder. So I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll do everything. They won't have anything I want for a while. So I kind of dip yeah. off once a month uh, every year yeah, yeah. and then smash yeah. it again. So, yeah. There's two... There's two on there that I've seen recently that the this scare package, which is mm. a really good Halloween horror anthology. It, it's a little bit patchy in places, but there's some really, really good stuff. There's some cool writing, some cool ideas. And then the Mortuary Collection, who's got, I can't, I might be like Clancy. Something Clancy Brown. Who's the Kurgan in? Yeah, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, yeah. Clancy yeah. Brown is in it, right? And he's this like old mortician. Yeah. Um, taking on the trainee and training her about the place or whatever and uh, telling her these stories as he does it and they're amazing it's such a well-made film it's really classy there's loads of really great steady cam stuff in it you can tell the director had a really like it's, it has a trick-or-treat type feel with the music the magicalness he had a really um like clear idea of how he wanted our film to come out and it came, and, it, and it, he pulled it off amazingly there's one short in the middle somewhere where it's about a one night stand um but it, it kind of reverses the roles of what you might think would happen after a one night stand and there's a scene <laughs> there's a scene where if you're a guy you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to just relax and pee <laughs> the same again afterwards you know what i mean like the next time you see your junk after watching it you're gonna be like because <laughs> it's it's really crazy but it's amazing yeah definitely worth watch those two oh, so, so that's mortuary collection yeah okay next time mm -hmm. i'm uh subscribing to uh shutter I'll, I'll put that on the list awesome okay i think uh that's we've been yapping for a while so let's start wrapping things up so thanks to tom uh anthologies was our first episode that was your choice so tom i'm gonna spring a choice on you now so our next episode okay. right I'm going to go, and this is based on what we've been chatting about today and what you're working on and what I've worked on in the past. Let's go with the found footage subgenre. Okay, you up for that? Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah? Awesome. Brilliant. Okay. So if you guys have got any suggestions of what found footage films we should check out, let us know. Or alternatively, we'd love to hear from you guys about what your favorite horror anthologies are as well. So let us know. And we've set up some Twitter and some Instagram accounts. So on Twitter, we are... James, at James and Tom do and uh, <laughs> on Instagram we are at James and Tom do horror don't ask why we get more characters on Instagram than we do on Twitter <laughs> that, that's that so the first one sounds a little bit porny but I assure you it is us you uh, just gone like J and T do horror why didn't you well I mean I thought about that but then part of me also does like the fact that you know we are slightly Debbie Dunn yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, cool. next episode, James and Tom do found footage films. Join us uh, on the, the social medias. Let us know uh, what films you guys would recommend to us. And guys, please join us next time to see what what or who James and Tom do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on the action. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Cheers, Tom. Thanks, and see you next time, dude. Bye.